You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing hypersensitivity and the steps to help minimize this uncomfortable and sometimes painful condition associated with placing composite restorations. Our guest is Shannon Pace Brinker, an international speaker, author, and dental assistant for over 32 years. Shannon has taught over 60,000 dental assistants across the U.S. and Canada and is arguably the most well-known and respected dental assistant in North America. Shannon, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Phil, thank you so much for having me. Very excited today to get a chance to give some quick tips and uh, some better understanding on hypersensitivity. Yeah, we're excited as well. And if you've missed uh, Shannon's previous podcasts, they're probably posted right now. Um, One is how to maintain a dry field, including isolation from aerosols. And she talks about a very simple device that's very affordable called Relief. Uh, That's something that we thought was an interesting product to talk about, especially in light of this continuing pandemic. She also did a podcast with us called The Benefits of Alginate Alternative Impression Material. And based on that, uh, I think everybody's going to start to realize alginate in its pure form is kind of an archaic material. It's had its advantages over the years, but it appears that new materials have emerged and have been proven to be much more beneficial than the typical traditional alginate. So today, as we mentioned, we're going to be talking about hypersensitivity. Um, before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor, Colzer. Colzer is truly a world-class dental company that supplies dentists and dental technicians with an extensive product range covering cosmetic dentistry, tooth preservation, prosthetics, periodontology, and digital dentistry. So we thank you, Colzer, for sponsoring this podcast today. So Shannon, let's get back to you. Uh, I've talked enough here. Uh, what dental procedures do you feel are most associated with dentin hypersensitivity? Well, there's a few of them. Uh, of course, direct composites, number one. Um, we see it with whitening, you know, patients that have had, you know, um, you know, they're doing maybe in-office whitening or, or again, take-home whitening of those higher percentages. Um, the other thing is, is we're seeing that with scaling and replanning, you know, um, and, and again, if patients have um, the sensitivity, it's hard to, you know, again, help them to understand that we can take care of that. I think that's the number one thing that's tough sometimes. So I would say going back to it, you know, direct bonding, um, whitening, um, and again, utilizing some of those hygiene procedures. So clinically, what should we be doing in the office to help minimize hypersensitivity? Because nobody wants a patient to feel uncomfortable after a procedure. And if there's something we can do that's not such a big deal, um, that could easily be fit into the workflow, why not do it? And also feel free to go through some of the clinical steps, whatever you recommend. I think the first thing that I want to just mention is that we, um, you know, are always thinking about the patient, right? I mean, that's one of the things we, we really want to do. But sometimes I think we forget about, you know, insurance. And right now, so many patients are so more insurance driven than we ever seen before. Um, and with a lot of our, our courses that we're given, we, we now are trying to back it up with codes because we know that a lot of us uh, don't really know that. And I can tell you that it, uh, prior to the last two years, if you asked me to talk about insurance, I would I, I, I'm the wrong person to ask. You know, but hmm. once we started really looking at that, I'm like, I don't like insurance. I can you know, I, I know a little bit to be dangerous. Um, we started realizing how many team members didn't know the right codes. Um, but most importantly, my doctor would always give this away, you know, and, um, you know, and, and I, I would just like, oh, my gosh, you know, we do so much. And I appreciate that. Um, but just my partner and one of our lead traders, John Ocasio, I got to give him the credit. He said, Shannon, you know, all, all of us do that. But there's a code for it. We need to be 
charging for that because you know no patient really says no i don't want you to help me with my sensitivity um and again we can file it um it just depends on the appointment right you couldn't do that in a hygiene and then um place fluoride and then do that you know you really have to think strategically how can we help these patients but most importantly you don't want to raise an eyebrow for that but again we have so many patients even sitting in my chair with the dentist that we um, attend to and we really don't remember or even recognize the fact that there's a code for it and we could be charging for it. What are we actually charging for? Tell us about the actual procedure. And that is great information to know that the doctor can be compensated. Absolutely. Um, well, there's um, my, my absolute favorite product, which is Gluma. Uh, been around for forever. You know, it is uh, the gold standard. And um, I look back at how many, you know, restorations that that 50 million <laughs> is crazy high. So, you know, you're going to trust it. But honestly, Phil, I love the power gel and a lot of team members, especially hygienists, don't even know that that's out there. And it's been available for years. Why we don't use that, I, I have no idea. I think it's just not a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, mentioning of it because they just assume sometimes that, you know, again, going back to just the standard uh, Gluma, that this gel is amazing. What I love the most about it is it's green. So you can see it where you place it, you can see it. And it also has like a little micro brush on the end. And I really turned my hygienist onto this. They love it. Uh, but most importantly, we can see it, you know, and I think that's one of the things that is the beauty of utilizing this product. And so we're using it under our, um, you know, once we etch, we're placing it. Um, my hygienist, you know, is is utilizing it, you know, especially after some scaling and root planting, if there's some recession in certain areas where the patient will tell them, you know, hey, I've got some sensitivity here. And uh, a lot of times she's even doing a quadrant, you know, just placing it on two or three teeth. And, and what's amazing is, you know, once started asking, you know, hey, would you like me to take care of that today? I noticed that you got a little bit of recession. Um, is there any areas that are sensitive to you? That's the easiest thing to open up that conversation. Um, and patients, we do that, but patients will say yes, and then we kind of move on to something else. How would you like today? Would you like for me to treat that for you today? You know, and um, we charge Phil uh, $15 for that. So it's so affordable. And my doctor, he's like, hey, you know, just if it's two or more, two or three, you know, or in a quadrant, go ahead and do that. You know, and that's very ethical. And again, patients do remember when we're doing things like that for them. Yeah. So when it comes to etching the dentin and then you wash off the etch and now you have the exposed dentin that's been etched, then you put the power gel on top. Yes, you do. So the power gel is going to go right on or again, just the, the gold standard Gluma. Um, and um, and like I said, you just go right into it. As soon as you rinse off that um, that, you know, etch, you're going to just place that Gluma right into the prep. Um, I like to, you know, I like to scrub it just a little bit, um, even though it doesn't really say you have to scrub it, but I'll do that. And uh, and then the next thing that I want to do is make sure that you're utilizing it for enough time. You know, we just kind of place it and then I think we rinse right away. It's got to sit for about 30 to 60 seconds. And again, time, you know, we, we're, we're never really paying attention to the time, right? Even five minutes is too long. So we're going to rinse that off and then go straight to our bonding agent, you know, and, and I think that's what is great. Some people say, well, you know what, it's just really a step that we don't need anymore because we've got these bonding agents that are amazing but why take the chance you know there's going to be that one in 20 that still has sensitivity from a direct composite and i think that's just a a way for us to assure ourselves and the other thing is is we tell the patient as we're placing the composite i love that i learned that from my doctor he tells the patient why he's doing it um, and, and just letting them know that we're taking that extra step. You know, we're, we're really doing things the right way to keep that sensitivity um, to a minimal, right? But what's 
funny is we laugh because we kind of say it's like voodoo. It's like when you tell them what you're doing and you tell them that you're doing it, we don't have anybody complaining about sensitivity. And, and that to us is, is, is really, really great. And utilizing this product just adds another level to it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how important communication is because I've had dentists that are very communicative and they've told me almost everything they're doing during each step. Uh, and as a dentist, I certainly appreciate that. And if I didn't know any dentistry, I would still appreciate it. And then I've had dentists that uh, don't say anything. They just say, hi, how are you? Sit down, you open your mouth and they just start working and you don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's a different experience when they really explain to you what they're doing. And I think there is some voodoo to that. Um, who knows? But uh, I was going to ask you that about the bonding agent. I was, I was going to say, is it really necessary to use Gluma or the power gel version of it if you're using a, a recent generation bonding agent? And your answer is you think it is. I do. I, I will tell you that there's a lot of studies out there that prove that. Um, my really good friend, Leanne Brady, I, I, I love her. Uh, and, uh, and, and listen, what she says to me is a goal. It, it, uh, you follow it, right? And everything that she has told me, uh, she's been spot on. And, um, and this is her favorite product. She doesn't skip this step. She doesn't care what bonding agent it is. She just feels that it is necessary. And personally, I just feel like if she says it's necessary, I'm going to follow it, you know, and there's nothing that she's ever told me uh, wasn't true. And, um, and, and so, you know, why not take that extra step to just make sure, you know, at the end of the day, we can sleep at night knowing we did the very best restoration and we followed the best steps for our patients. Yeah, so, no, I agree. I think that's really important. I agree. And Dr. Leanne Brady is a phenomenal practitioner. She's a great teacher. She's a, a key opinion leader. And um, if she's doing it, that's certainly a, a good sign to say that this product is worth using. And I agree. Um, so to wrap up this podcast, what are some other procedures? You mentioned whitening. You mentioned scaling and root planing, um, preparation for a direct composite. What other procedures could potentially cause sensitivity that we are often not aware of? Well, I mean, let's talk about preps, right? I mean, uh, for, uh, for crown and bridge, you know, veneers. Sometimes we think just because we're doing a minimal preparation, the patient's not going to have any sensitivity. Um, you know, so I, I feel like, you know, those are the areas that we're not really thinking about, you know, um, the preps. The other thing is cementation, you know, direct uh, resins or, um, excuse me, direct, um, you know, composite is one thing. But, you know, when we think about the cements that we're utilizing, we're still doing the same thing. You know, we're still etching, um, you know, and, um, and and bonding, right? So we still do these steps. Um, the other thing is, is I think, you know, with with the gluma, a lot of times, and even our hygienists will say, you know, we're kind of worried that it's, you know, it's going to burn the tissue, it's causing to the tissue. But this is why I like the power gel because I can see where it's going. We can control it. Um, it's very much like a jelly, and uh, and the syringe, you know, is kind of one of those pullback syringes. You know, you don't have to worry about pushing on it, filling it. it just goes. <clears throat> we've all had that kind of material mm -hmm. that we've utilized before. It's very controlling. Um, so I know exactly where I'm placing it. I can stay away from the tissue, um, and most importantly, I know that it's going into uh, those dentin tubules. You know, so I think you know if we go back to the um, hypersensitivity when it comes to scaling and replaning. Most importantly, preps, um, deliveries. You know, there's so many. Uh, procedures that we need to be thinking about. And again, sometimes we just don't think that it's necessary. Um, so, so again, you know, keep it in mind. Yeah. When you prepare a temporary, what what is your typical temporary cement that you use? And do you use Gluma prior to cementing a temporary? Yes, always, always, um, because you just never know. And again, it goes back to, I'm telling the patient that, you know, 
Um, the, I'm the one that submits the temps and, uh, and I just want to take that extra step. And this is my time with a patient, but I feel like they really appreciate that. It's what makes us very, very different. And in this day and age, people want that kind of attention and um, where they're paying the kind of money that we, you know, we charge for it. Right. Um, and, and we deserve every penny of it, but I want you to know that we try to think about what makes us different, what makes us different than any other practice. And I think those extra steps and adding in products like this are just a reassur reassurance, right? It's just a Band-Aid at the end. Um, the other thing is I love that my doctor does after he's submitted a restoration, you know, just making sure that the patient doesn't have that. Again, it's something about just telling them um, that we just don't see it. And at the end of the day, not, not a lot of these patients are going to appreciate it or even tell us they appreciate it, um, but we know that they do. And if we just hear it from that one patient, that's enough, right? Yeah. And it doesn't, uh, it so doesn't really I mean, take that much longer to use Gluma. What's the total amount of time that's allocated towards placing Gluma prior to a cement of a temporary or prior to delivery oh of a permanent crown? What, what are we talking about, chairside? Oh my God, 30, 30 seconds. I mean, really 30 seconds, you know, and we're using it for everything. So, you know, we know, and um, again, it, it, they say anywhere from 30 to 60 seconds. Um, and, you know, a, again, it's really pennies on the dollar by the time you think about, you know, what are you doing and that application and just that reassurance. Cause the last thing you want to do is have to go back in and replace that composite because the patient is complaining, right? Now you're thinking about having to start all over um, you know, putting some IRM in there, uh, and, you know, waiting time too, if you have to do that, you know, for that tooth to calm down when all you had to have done is just place uh, the Gluma, you know. What, what and is the uh, insurance code, the insurance code for this? Yes. I don't want to forget that because this is where we see a lot of, again, going back to the practices. So it's a D9910. And, uh, and anytime a patient, this is the first step. Every time a patient comes in for any type of emergency, we're going to treat it. And we charge for that. We, we want to make sure that patients, first of all, um, you know, insurance covers it. It is a code that they see is important. You know, you think about emergency exam, uh, sensitivity area, anything that we do, if we are going to have a patient that tells us that is sensitive and it's hurting, this is the first step. And this is something that we do every single time. And if you do that, again, I'm all about taking care of the patient, but I also know that, you know, this is an important you know, service that we're giving, but charge for that. So, again, this is why you can afford to add this extra step if it's something that, you know, you're worried about the cost. So charge for it, D9910, um, and, uh, and you won't have to worry about it. You know, it, it's going to pay for the Gluma that you're going to be utilizing and pay for that extra step. There you go. Put that code in and then end the day with a nice cold beer somewhere and you're even, right? It covers that. So, Shannon, <laughs> thank you so yeah, right. So thank you so much, Shannon, for um, your insight. I enjoyed speaking with you again, as usual. And uh, we look forward to having you on the next podcast, which is the final one of the series, which is going to be types of composites for various restorations, which we're very excited about. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phil.